intergalactic. Welcome to episode one of the Intergalactic Podcast. I'm Aditi Srivastava, your host, and throughout this exciting season, I'll be bringing you the best and brightest of women in space, tech, and beyond through the simple lens of conversation. Our mission is to illuminate new perspectives on the future of space by spotlighting stories that inspire you. Intergalactic is made possible by the Astrobotic Foundation, and to learn more, go to astroboticfoundation.org. It's been a thrilling month in space with airplane-sized asteroids, NASA test fires, and SpaceX satellite launches. And on September 3rd, the Aryan Space Vega rocket launched a group of small satellites on its return-to-flight mission. Today's guest, Stella Guillen, is the Vice President of Sales at Aryan Space. Welcome, Stella, and thank you for joining the pilot episode of our podcast. Thank you, Aditi. It's a pleasure to be here. Your position in sales and marketing gives you a totally unique perspective on the space tech industry. Now, what does that perspective look like to you? Oh, my God. Um, so, yes, I, I am not a scientist or an engineer. Uh, my entire career has been on the business side. However, and even though I grew up with, and you don't have to quote me on the dates, okay? But um, even I grew up, I, even though I grew up in Star Wars, in the middle of Star Wars and Star Trek, um, actually my passion for space didn't come until my early 20s. Uh, where uh, I stumbled into a building, uh, I went for a uh, job interview, and in this, in, in the lobby of this building, they had satellite mockups uh, hanging out from the ceiling, and I thought, oh my god, this is the coolest, coolest thing, and. <laughs> yeah. um, and then they, you know, they uh, showed me a video, an introduction, uh, introductory uh, video about the about uh, about the company at, at the time intelsat was a consortium of governments and uh when they showed me this video they basically showed me the concept the principle of how they were funded um uh, founded and it, they were founded actually under a resolution of the un that established that communication by means of satellites should be available to all nations and as soon as they were practical, of course, uh, on a global and non-discriminatory basis. And I, that's when I fell in love with the whole idea. I thought, this is really cool, providing communication uh, via satellite, you know, broadband, video, everything else uh, to the entire world and having to work with um, governments and, you know, people from all over the world. So my perspective uh, of space didn't come necessarily from the technical side of things, but actually more of that um, purpose, you know, a business purpose behind it, uh, human purpose behind it, I should say. And then, Ooh. you know, continue, continued on that, on that route uh, for more than 25 years. Yeah, that's such an interesting story because honestly, I didn't put the dots together there about the international implications of your field. And I think it's so cool to see all the like new perspectives on space and how global it can be. Uh, but I think that's absolutely fantastic and a different facet to the whole experience. So 
If I'm correct, you started off in sales and you've progressed from from sales into the space tech field, but you basically started off in sales, right? I actually, so my my background um, is on uh, my um, degree is in business. And I also have a degree on uh, dance, actually, ballet. I, I danced professionally for many years. So I had the artistic side and then the business side. And I was doing sales a little bit here and there with different things. But um, got into when I got into Intelsat, I actually started as a, an assistant because I didn't have the background uh, that they they required to do anything else. Even sales back then, you needed to be an engineer. And mm-hmm. when I started there, I started uh, as an assistant. And uh, one of the people that I work for, uh, which happened to be still my mentor in so many ways, um, he pushed me to learn things about the industry and satellite. Took all the courses that you can possibly take uh, that Intelsat provided in the building for employees, and I took them all. I think I was the only non-engineer <laughs> in the entire company. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of been my uh, my situation from that point on, and I actually wanted to study. Um, wanted to do some, you know, uh, a science or something like that at that point. But then uh, they gave me a scholarship, uh, Intelsat did, to do an MBA. And um, I ended up going that route and they promoted me to, uh, to do some coordination, customer coordination and then business development. And then I got into sales and, and my career has been from that point um, concentrated on the business side of things. That is so cool. And the fact that you majored in dance, that's so awesome. I mean, I've also been dancing for a really long time. It's a huge part of my life. So I obviously find that really, really interesting. You briefly touched upon how you had a mentor at Intelsat. So how did that impact your experience? Because I know one of the most crucial things about being in a positive workspace is having a strong support base or mentors to guide you. So what's your experience been like with that? Oh, absolutely. I, I find mentors all the time. It's not, you know, I have mentors that have been with me for, you know, 20 years. Um, but I, I look for mentors constantly. Uh, you know, even though I have been in this industry for so long, I still find new ones because I think it is important when you, um, when you are in, in, when you're trying and you don't know exactly what you want to do, you know, because we're not, you know, n- not everybody knows what they want to be when they are 10 years old, you know what I mean? And the school system kind of pushes you to decide quickly, you know. Uh, I'm amazed actually. I'm, I, I grew up in, in Latin America, so I'm not. I was never too familiar with the with the high school system until actually my daughter has been teaching me. And, you know, I'm amazed that I, in junior, in the junior year, you, you pretty much have to make up your mind and life doesn't really go like that. You know, um, you're forced to make, to make a choice that, that I don't know how you would know already. So, cause life changes. So the only way I found, 
um, that has helped me through the many, many decisions I've taken through my life and my career is to actually find people that have gone through the same thing and, and, you know, and can advise you on, on, on things, on how things can change and, and what to expect and things like that. And always, I feel like if you want to be like someone else, you know, uh, or do something that somebody else is doing, um, you have to find that exact person, if not somebody very close or that does somebody that does the same thing to kind of rely and help you help you out. And I tell you, it doesn't stop. Um, it should be a constant thing throughout your life in all aspects of life, you know, because we have mentors in careers, we have mentors in relationships, we have mentors, you know, in hobbies, we have mentors throughout everything, right? Yeah, I mean, as a junior in high school myself, I totally understand what you said about kind of having to set your own path really early on. Even in these past few months, my ideas of what I want to do in the future have changed so dramatically. So if you could take yourself back a few years, could you have envisioned your current profession or current career path? No, absolutely. And this is the thing, um, you know, I tell my daughters this all the time. I was a ballet dancer and my passion was ballet and 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 that and nothing else you know i kind of was forced to go to school <laughs> to do business by my father who was a doctor and he was already very frustrated that i didn't want to be in, in i didn't want to go into medicine um so in his mind the you know the next best thing was to be in business and so he basically said, okay, you know, you go ahead and do, uh, get a degree. You can continue to dance uh, and get a degree in business, which is going to help you with everything in life, right? That was his, his way of thinking. And I kind of follow whatever he, he told me. And when I, uh, I came to the States to study, um, to go to college and realized that, yes, business was going to give me all kinds of different choices. And one advice I give to my daughters all the time is that you have to be open for, for taking opportunities, right? So opportunities come in different packages and different ways. And according to what your state of mind is at the moment, you're, you're able to take that opportunity and make something out of that opportunity because you never know. I mean, I could have gone, you know, it's funny because at the same time I applied for Intelsat. I applied for a nonprofit organization, an international nonprofit that was actually funding schools in Latin America. And I got that job and, uh -huh. and I actually went there for like a week. And mm -hmm. as, I'm, as I'm, I'm there the first couple of days, I get the offer from Intelsat. And I was faced with this question, you know, what do I do? I already accepted a job in this field but this other field i kept thinking about those satellites you know uh hanging from the ceiling of that lobby <laughs> yeah. and i'm thinking i really want to learn everything that i need to learn about space it was just fascinating at that point and i took that opportunity even though uh you know i was kind of pushed to some to something else so you never know you never know life changes and 
all all i say is be open for those changes be open to you know recognize how you feel about about what's presented in front of you be honest with yourself you know on how you feel uh it's great to listen to friends and family and mentors and all that but you have to listen to yourself first does that make sense <laughs> Yeah, that makes total sense. So I can imagine that the jump from only doing ballet to also pursuing business must have been kind of crazy. Did you ever doubt your future plans and sales? And how did you overcome or adapt to that doubt? Um, yes, I had doubts, uh, uh, several doubts, actually. I, I continued dancing for a little while. Um, my dance career, I knew it was limited because I couldn't put the time um that i that it was required so i knew that it was limited also physically so um that kind of pushed me to not you know not feel guilty about leaving it and not having so much so much doubt but at the same time i was falling in love with an industry that was uh that i knew i wasn't going to let go like i you know i recognized at that point that I am hooked. I I like this place, you know, mm. and and I like the the fact that um, you know there is an in, intangible thing about space in general. Everybody thinks, well, you know, you go to space because there's um, economy behind it, because there's technology to be explored, because you know uh, there's science benefits, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But nobody talks about what really uh, is about exploring something, you know, like space. And it's all about knowledge. You can't really put a dollar sign of knowledge. And I think that's what was fascinating to me because it was a field that I didn't know and I wanted to know. Um, so even though I had doubts at, at times, I kind of thought about oh my god you know i'm learning so much every day about this field i still do um and that's what keeps me going so touching on that you first got introduced to this unique field uh, when you started out at intelsat and since then it's been over 15 years and i can imagine you've seen an evolution in space tech over the years so what's new what's different about it from when you first started okay everything i mean just think about uh i know you guys can't imagine this because i have this conversation with my daughter all the time <laughs> but you know i mean things i remember as a kid is uh tv in black and white you know um i remember when it was announced that the international space station was gonna get built uh, that was huge people actually going there and doing science there that was huge um you know uh, uh gps and what we do we can't we cannot live without gps these days you know there has been a lot of changes uh, on the satellite side as well of how we you know we see earth the stuff that we can predict the stuff that we can you know help with in terms of communication as as how we see earth um cooperation of nations uh, has changed you know uh even the way we fight wars has changed i mean everything you know the future so the changes i i kind of feel that the changes 
that happened in the 80s and 90s where they had a pace and the changes that are happening today and they will probably happen the next decade are the pace is so much faster like there's going to be so much more change now than there was last 20 years and you see changes on every single field like if you're passionate about space don't limit yourself on technology and science i mean everything fashion designer you know a fashion designer can now think about uh designing spacesuits something we didn't think about before you know a photographer um, has to think about photography in a different way because it's going to be done in space uh, tourism, you know, tourism is going to be different. Uh, we're gonna, you know, who knows what percentage of airlines are going to be replaced by, you know, by uh, uh, rockets, right? Um, construction, we're gonna be building things in space. Um, you know, with tourism comes hospitality as well. Medicine, life science, biology, astrobiology. I mean, there's so much that it will is related to space that that doesn't necessarily it wasn't necessarily back then uh we didn't see it like that back then so sales itself is an enormously competitive environment and then you account for the fact that aerospace is also predominantly male however you've worked with some really powerful women in the business can you speak a little bit about how working with these women has really shaped your experience Oh, absolutely. I had um, female bosses and male bosses. Um, and I have to say that, you know, it's been, I, I'm honored by the uh, opportunity to have both, to have had both, but because not every woman in my field of my age had the same opportunity. You know, it was mainly male bosses, for example, that, um, that uh, you know, that, that was the, the, the predominant uh, main, main, main uh, character. But uh, for me, it's these, these women had influenced me in a great deal. And uh, not only as, as a woman, but also for example, as a person that is in a technical field but doesn't have a technical degree, um, you know, women are a lot more compassionate that way, I think, um, than than male uh, uh, of my generation are. Um, so I had to fight a lot of battles with that, and the women that have been my mentors and my bosses throughout my career have helped me um fight those those battles and and i'm very thankful for that but uh, i think today it's a it's a much more even uh field for for women in in the space industry uh than it was back then and i'm i'm very happy to see that because i think you know we provide in and in business it's actually very interesting business i think uh, women are extremely good in business in general because we have this intuition that that it's um, is different and that sometimes um, you know uh, males don't have it or maybe they they just haven't explored it but um, but we are very intuitive with people and we're very sensitive with people and business 
requires that so you have to understand who your your partner your your you know the person you're dealing with um and and that i've learned from some of the best women in the industry on and how to you know how to see that um so yeah they it's they have been very influential and i hope to also be for the next generation of women coming in the industry you know <laughs> of course Similarly, the need to assert yourself and your leadership is so important in a professional setting, as you were talking about with female bosses, male bosses, and leadership overall. How do you make sure you're heard in that kind of setting? Because sometimes it's easy to get talked over, and it's so crucial to have your own voice come through. Oh my god, that's a very good question. So I would say, first of all, knowledge. So know well what you're getting into in terms of like if if you're and it has happened to me many times huh? when you go into a negotiation room you have to be prepared you have to know all the players at the table you have to know your deal very well you have to know you the room that you are given to be flexible with what you can propose you have to just learn as much as possible of all the elements that are in front of you during a, a deal making. Um, know every single thing you can possibly know about the other person or the, the, other, the other people that are going to be negotiating with you. And then when you have that knowledge and uh, and you know your product really well, so knowledge of obviously of the product of the service that you are um, that you're selling, that you're providing and offering, and knowing that this is not a, a game, a game, but it's a partnership game, right? So where you're, the other person on the other side of the table is going to get something from you, and you're going to get something from them. It's 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 mutual. It's never one way. Uh, once you know this, they they will listen to you. But if you go there unprepared and not knowing um and not feeling the other person then they also will get advantage no matter what uh what sex you are right i mean it doesn't really matter if you're not prepared uh people will take advantage of that um i certainly have when i've seen uh the other person at the other table uh you know lacking knowledge from some areas uh, i would take advantage of that because that's part of the negotiation so as long as you are prepared no matter what you do actually not just in business but in in life i mean just try to know as much as you can and if you don't know something you need to ask and you need to you know be honest and open with, with the people that you're dealing with so that they can they will respect that. I mean, think about how you respect somebody when they they tell you directly how they feel and how they, you know, what they want from you. When they give you um, instructions and directions that are, you know, clear, there's a, a common understanding and there is a common respect. And then you go from there, um, you know, in a much better position. Um, but yeah, there are there are occasions where you find Listen, bullying is not only for, you know, middle school. I mean, bullying is its entire life. Um, you will face bullying uh, in one way or another. And and women have been facing bullying um, 
you know, for for decades just because of being women. And it is it's getting better. Things are getting much better. But you will face and and bullying, you know, it's something that you have to face again with, you know, uh, being very assertive of yourself and secure of yourself and and knowing what you're doing because uh, people you know um, will take advantage of things that um, you know if you if they see you kind of weak they see you that you can be pushed around that is so true and i definitely think that that's a message that can be translated to any and all parts of life kind of on a different note i wanted to ask a few questions about how you got to where you are today I think we've already talked a little bit about that. Uh, your career is uh, incredible, but from the standpoint that I, and I'm guessing many of the people that will be listening to this podcast, um, we're all kind of at the crossroads of what am I going to do with the future? So let's talk um, a little bit about your shift from Peru to America after high school. Did you face many challenges going through that complete culture shift? <laughs> yes, lots of... Uh uh moments of um you know crying and uh and feeling down missing missing uh, uh home and everything else and at the same time feeling extremely uh excited about everything i was seeing um i left home when i was 17 years old um once i graduated from high school and i graduated december 14th and the next January, January 7th, I was already at school in a, in a new country with a new language, with people I didn't know, um, living by myself. And it was, it was shocking for sure. It was shocking. Um, you know, I was very lucky to find a teacher, a couple actually, that were my English teachers that, um, that I immediately uh, grab as my mentors during that time that helped me through uh, to, to adjust to the culture but it was um, it was exciting and at the same time I mean you know it's challenging because today I think you know you communicate uh, on your phone or on Skype on you know Facebook or Instagram or whatever and back then we didn't have any of that I used to call my parents once a month you know um, so it was it was challenging, but I I I had this thing in my head. It it was a huge goal. I wanted to be in America. I wanted to study here. Um, I wanted to do all this stuff, and then little by little, kind of settled, you know, in 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 this country. And I started also falling in love with the culture here. So it's an adjustment. Um, but you'll go through adjustments. I think the hardest one is the big. The biggest one is when you are leaving your home and your school and everything else but then after that the adjustments it's like you learn a little bit more every time you do this changes you know uh through life your adjustments are easier and easier as they come through <laughs> so i'm 16 and still the idea of going anywhere far away from my family terrifies me and I think that it's so incredible that you were able to really go after your dreams like that. And it's really inspiring. You know, what were you like back then, uh, personality-wise? Um, I'm assuming not much has changed, but what did you enjoy doing? Were you really outspoken? Um, how did that impact your shift over here? 
Yeah, it's an interesting question because I, I do think I have changed a little bit um, from, from high school. Uh, so I was working in high school. I was a full, uh, a full-time dancer and a, obviously a full-time student and dancing was, um, you know, it took a lot of my time and energy. Um, so I was literally studying, um, going to school. I would come home around three o'clock in the afternoon by four o'clock. I was in the ballet studio and I didn't leave until 10 o'clock at night. And I would come home, study a little bit, and then wake up super early to study a little bit more and then go to school. It was kind of um, crazy back then to do that. But but I was uh, very committed to to uh, you know to work and and to do the best I could uh, dancing. I was a, a very good student. Um, so all my teachers, I had a lot of support from te my teachers that could see how much work I was doing dancing and, um, and, you know, helped me through, through high school. And so I graduated with honors and, you know, it was, it was very good. But, um, when I came here and I was very outspoken, I had many, many friends. I was, you know, I lived on the beach. So for me, uh, it was, if I wasn't on the theater, <laughs> I was on the beach and the ocean surfing, you know? Um, so I, I had this, uh, I had a lot of uh, protection in a way from my family, my teachers, my, you know, work and dancing. And then when I came here, I had to face a different life. I was suddenly, I had suddenly time, time to meet more people, time to, you know, go to a movie theater, go to, you know, uh, a bar, go, to, you know, it, it was just, it was different and I didn't speak the language. So even though I was very outspoken back then, I became kind of shy going to college because I, I didn't feel in the beginning that it was my place. You know, I was learning. I didn't, I didn't know the language very, very well. So um, I struggle with that. And so I think my personality kind of shift a little bit and reopen or kind of went back to more of who I was when I started working and I kind of felt more secure of myself and I, I got busy again. For me, I, I felt like it was more myself when I was always doing something that you know, that, that I, that I knew I was, um, collaborating and, and giving. So, uh, you know, I'm a workaholic by nature not, not that that's a good thing or a bad thing is just that I think that the more I do and the more things I do in general, um, I'm more productive, but believe me, when I go for a hike, or I go for a run, or I go paddle boarding, like we were talking before, <laughs> before getting on the podcast. I forget about everything, and mm -hmm. and I enjoy nature, and you know. So through life, my personality has changed, um, and it has, you know. Um, I think today I feel very much actually like how I was in high school. Believe it or not, it's it's funny how life sort of takes you back in a way, you know, but I feel like that personality at 16, 17 before having the big move is back. Whoa, that is amazing. And I can definitely relate to having those activities that are an escape from reality. And it's really important to have. Well, it's been 
fantastic talking to you, and we seem to be nearing the end of our time, so I have one last question for you, and this one's kind of fun. Um, if you could sum up your life thus far into a single slogan, what would it be? Oh my goodness. Um, I would say see the world you know enjoy the enjoy the world what's what's there nature everything and uh risk i think it's important to i i, I risk in many many moments in life and i think i will always risk and when i say risk i say i mean uh be adventurous you know uh, try new things um yeah i know it's not a slogan but um that's <laughs> that's what i can come up with right now <laughs> but i mean it i mean it from the heart uh uh you know be you be honest with yourself um ask yourself a lot of questions of how you feel and how you know how you see your your own future i think asking questions constantly it's uh it's uh you know everybody should do that i think Fantastic. What a great conversation. Stella, I have truly appreciated your time and learning more about your story. That wraps up today's episode of Intergalactic. I would like to thank our guest, Stella. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Thank you so much, Aditi. I think what you are doing is absolutely fantastic. And uh, I wish you all the luck. If you need anything or anybody wants to have a chat about anything, please uh, feel free to call me and contact me. I, I would be more, more than happy to help out. You've been listening to the Intergalactic Podcast. Production support by Eileen Owens. Editing by Daniel Gillies. Music is Problem Thing by Dave Kiefer. And this is your host, Aditi Shravastava. Please tune in for our next episode, where I'll be exploring more of space, tech, and beyond.